WBEN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another Monday upon us, a Monday of interesting marketing trades, not only in the in the grain and the livestock complex, but in the stock market as well. I am at the Ag Outlook Forum that's taking place here in Kansas City, Missouri. Lots of interesting things being talked about from a future standpoint, what we're going to see, work that's being done when it comes to animal health and the economic side of what we're seeing in these grain trades. So perfect timing. As we talk today with Sean Hackett with Hackett Financial Advisors, a couple of things that we're going to be looking at. Uh, the Chinese slowdown in the buy, we knew that that was coming. A deflationary movement. The last time Sean and I talked, we talked about this deflationary movement and when it could be expected this fall. We'll talk more about that. Harvest, we know, is underway. Many cattle guys wondering, is the lowest set for cattle? We'll find all of that out as Sean joins us here on the show. And Sean, let's start out talking about the the Chinese slowdown because we knew it was going to come eventually. And we're definitely starting to take notice last week and into this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, they usually give a pretty good heads up that they're going to that they're wanting to slow down. They usually reduce their credit well in advance uh, of when it starts to impact markets. And they started reducing credit about a year ago. And there's about a year lag between when they start reducing credit in their economy to when that slowdown in credit begins to impact the economy of China and the demand coming from China. And, and so we, we had pinpointed this September, October, early November timeframe as when that trigger should be set. And we, it looks to us like we've set the trigger now and we're seeing these fears and these deflationary forces kicking in a lot of specular liquidation. Um, it was all, there was a lot, a lot of talk about inflation there for a while, Susan. Usually when everyone, including the taxi drivers, talking about inflation, usually are pretty much set up for some kind of a uh, trend reversal, which is uh, which is what we're starting to see here right now. You know, and we look at the talk of the deflationaries going on. And you and I, last time we were on the air together, you talked about it coming up this fall. We're into fall, and it seems like it's happening right now. It is, and, and, and you know, it, it's just part of the cycle. You know, when you when you have uh, central banks that are you know printing money and credit, um, and then and then taking the punch bowl away, you have these ebbs and flows, and 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 then you know w- whether we like it or not, those ebbs and flows do impact how our markets are priced, um, and so we're just in one of those periods. And remember also something that you know the the liquid natural gas prices overseas in Asia, you know, at all time record highs. When you impose that kind of energy costs on an economy or economies like that where disposable income, you know, is just is not quite as robust as it is in the West. Very, very hard to maintain purchasing power when when most, so much of that capital is being used up in energy costs, and it just got carried away, uh, Susan. And, and and at some point, you have to have a reversal or a uh, alleviation of that pressure, and that's what we're starting to see now. Um. This just popping up on my phone as you and I are talking, so I apologize. I'm not uh, giving you a heads up. Did you see the ransomware attack that happened to an Iowa grain cooperative, new cooperative? I did not see that. It no, is coming not. from Russia. It's the Black Matter. It's a Russian. It's been happening. They attacked some some radio uh, station software um, across oh. the U.S. And now it's just come across that they've attacked an Iowa grain cooperative. I mean, something oh. like that happening, is that going to put some jitters within this market trade into the overnight for tomorrow? Well, I mean, if you know, something like that where an elevator can't operate, um, you, you can look at it uh, 
a couple of different ways. One is they can't take grain in. The other thing is they can't send grain out. So I would say right now, because we're harvesting and we're bringing a lot of supply in, the inability to move that supply to the elevator probably is a backing up force for lower prices, um, at, le- at, least, at least a knee-jerk reaction to that, you know? Having said that, we'll continue to look at the fact that uh, stocks got hit hard today, and then and we're talking cyber attacks happening in different areas. It's definitely going to see some outside market influences, maybe a little bit more than we saw last fall. For sure. I mean, there's no question that tensions are higher. Uh, a lot of these higher input costs, the increase in the freight rates. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of cost pressure that is hurt companies' balance sheets, their their margins. The, you know, the shortages of chips and can't make cars. You, you got to wait three months to get a stove. You know, all, you can't continue to run a global economy when the plumbing is stuck, you know, is plugged up like this. At some point, something has to give. And it looks like, um, you know, that's what's starting to happen is the, the, the market is saying, you know, this isn't working. We need to uh, head for the hills and figure out how are we going to put reboot this system correctly. But maybe we need a recession in order to get this system back on track. What are you seeing um, from the perspective? I mean, I know early harvest is underway. We have heard, you know, areas of Illinois, Indiana, not happy with some of the numbers coming in. But moving from the south north, what are you hearing on on early numbers for corn and beans? I mean, overall, I think, as you know, and I think we talked about your program, you know, we have been feeling that yields on corn were too high. You know, we really felt that corn yields needed to be in the low 170s. Um, So we're not at all surprised that we're seeing yields coming in somewhat short not not terrible but you know somewhat short and so um we're kind of feeling and seeing that that's what's going on especially you know too much optimism out west i mean not too much optimism out east um and, and those you know they had to be great in order to deliver on that 176 177 yield number and it doesn't believe that's going to happen so we're anticipating a lower usda yield in the october report so it means overall uh, Susan, we kind of think the numbers right. Um, we think the yields out west are actually turning out better because they got some of that late rain in August that kind of stayed in date in some respects. At the same time, some of the yields in the east maybe not quite as good, but overall, net net of everything, we think the soybean yields going to deliver on current expectations. And, and and it looks to us because of the China situation, you're just not going to be a bigger as big aggressive buyer of beans as they were last year. And we think that's why soybeans are leading the charge to the downside here. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue with the Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the road in Kansas City. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, our dealers make the difference in the products we sell. Here's Fontenelle dealer Kevin Callwhite from Humphrey, Nebraska. We've had wonderful success. We do a lot of field trials, side-by-sides, and test plots to help fine-tune products for our customers' specific needs. I have peace of mind knowing that next year's products will be selected and tested by someone that knows our farms and knows our area, and that's Fontenelle. For more, visit Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide labor. RVM. Work. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue having this conversation with Sean Hackett. He's with Hackett Financial Advisors. As we always do, Sean, and before we dive into the rest of the livestock complex, I always like to get your feel as to what's going on right now in the dairy industry and, and what are our producers seeing, seeing and dealing with right now? There is a little bit different cycle, Susan, than everything else. Because of the government intervention last year with the food box program and buying physical cheese and kind of 
gunning the market higher on their purchases. Um, milk started to fall well before everything else. Um, it, it looks to us like we're putting in a low, putting in a bottom now. It might be one of the first markets to actually put in a low, despite some of this bearish macro uh, inflationary forces we've talked about. It seems to me like the milk market's already done what other markets are about to do or are in the process of doing. Uh, our smart money algorithm that we follow that measures the capital flows of people we've deemed to be smart money in the COT report are showing a really strong buying and kind of a kind of a buy signal we haven't seen in over a year. So so counter to most other markets, we actually think that we've made a low in class three and class four and that we can start to put a lot of press in and actually start to work our way higher. So we're actually fairly optimistic that uh, we've done what we needed to do in the dairy parlor and we uh, it may be one of the few markets to, to go counter trend right now. Okay, so for the cattle, I know that there's been a lot of discussion. We've seen a lot of herd liquidation going on. I haven't seen as much happening at this point in the dairy industry, but many guys during last week's Husker Harvest Days were wondering if the cattle low has been put in place. And I, when I asked you about this before we started recording, uh, I loved your, your response with a, with a very sound no. No, we don't believe we're, we're there yet. We think we have... You know, some, some 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 decent downside left. You know, we're we're targeting the October timeframe for when we think we would completely kind of run the cycle through here on cattle and get a lot of this herd liquidation out of the way. Um, kind of get some of these demand concerns out of the way from the macro markets that we've been talking about. We just don't. We just think it looks too early. Our capital flows, although we're starting to see some buying in cattle, but by no means are we near levels that will give us confidence like Gary that we're near low. So we just think more, more work needs to be done to the downside here um, at this point. And so um, if, if we're looking at the December contract, you know, when surprises, you know, low 120s might be a target that the market might need to get to before we might be thinking about digging our heels in. Is now the time that our livestock producers, and you and I have had this conversation before as well, but is it right now we should be worried about locking in our feed prices if we haven't done so? Well, we've been targeting this fall as an ideal window for looking at the next great window to lock in good feed prices because we expect the grains to come under considerable pressure like they've been doing. So we are getting geared up for bean meal purchases, for corn purchases, to the extent that you can get access to canola milk because it's such a horrible crop up in Canada. But uh, we we do think this next 30-day window is going to offer some really, really good feed opportunities. And yes, um, the good side of all this deflation window is the buy side of feed is going to be fantastic for livestock producers, and they do need and should put a plan together to do that. So when you say that, there's a lot of talk, too, that this cold winter has been forecast, so now is the time more than any. Yeah, we've been forecasting you know, a, a winter of all winters for a long time. As you know, Susan, on your program, we talked about this, that we, you know, we expect the winter to start in November, be extremely, uh, an extremely cold, long kind of record snowpack kind of winter leading into a very very late ending uh winter in the spring all kinds of snowpack melt flooding we, we, we think the planting season is going to be you know very very uh, disjointed and and as such you don't you don't want to go into that spring early summer time frame not having locked in a good amount of your feet at, at increasingly economic prices as they starting to fall now so we would very much not want to throw caution to the wind without our weather forecast. Sean, do you think the way, and we talked about from the, from the uh, excuse me, the grain side of it with these stocks, but the current happenings of the stock market, 
is that going to have an influence tomorrow on these livestock? It typically does. I mean, we've run correlation charts between the cattle price and the stock market over many, many different years. And, and when the stock market really gets into a strong downtrend, the correlation is something like 92% correlation coefficient. I mean, that is to say that 92% you know, of the time, the cattle market's going to follow a strong stock market decline. It's an extremely uh, reliable uh, indicator, and it really stems from the idea that when the stock market falls, people worry about economic activity, and they worry about beef demand, and it's just it's, an, it's a natural progression that one leads to the other. So. So looking at the cash, as we get ready to wrap up here, uh, we're going to see some mixed to steady cash on both the hogs and the cattle this week? I mean, I think the cash market probably probably hanging there okay this week. I'm not expecting anything uh, terrible. I just think it's more of a future story right now because, you know, you have a lot of financial money in these markets, and when they get scared and and they get uh, nervous. Good to think about. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. Our website is hackett.com. All kinds of information on there to get a better feel for what we do to see if we might be of value. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.